Good evening and welcome to episode 202 of Lave Radio, the podcast that likes to talk about the universe of elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Colin Ford, and joining me in the orange sidewinder for this sidewinder for this episode, we have our Chief Bar Steward, Commander Psycho Kyle Wolcott. Good evening. Uh, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Ben Moss Woodward. Excuse me, Commander Psycho Kyle. Have you been serving Commander Phoenix Defire a little too much cider in the Sidewinder? He's a cider. No, no, no. Drinker. Cider, not we. Uh, Isn't it? Cider, not we. Uh, oh, so you're not watching The Expanse then? <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> we also have our uh, chief of uh, inhuman resources, uh, that'd be Commander Shan. Hello. Hello. We have our Lavian Space Program Director, that's Commander Kurgle. Hey, everybody. So, um, if you wish, you can join us. We are hanging out in game in open somewhere around Lave Station. I do believe both Ben and Kurgle are flying around uh, the station at the moment. If you can't get in game... I'm not flying around the station, I'm crashing into the station. Well, <laughs> there's nothing new there. Then. I just hit the boost button instead. Wrong button. Ah, yes. So if you can't get in game, there's also the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Uh, click on the live chat. And of course, we're live on Twitch TV slash Lave Radio. So we'll quickly go around the, the crew and see how they have been doing this week. So we will start with um, Commander Shan. How have you been? Um, well, I've been feeling like I've been fuel scooping for the last three days. Because my uh, I need heat sinks everywhere. I think at the moment because it's been so warm. Um, <laughs> but for saying that, it's been been nice actually. Had a uh, had a nice long bike ride on Saturday. Went out on a friend's boat on Sunday. So it's been enjoying the sun. In get in game, I haven't really done much in elite apart from gathering engineering rats to uh, do some more. Um, Shield reinforcements. I've mm. still been playing Jurassic World, and I have refined my uh, Munchmaker. Um, Munchmaker. Is this one of the things you've called your dinosaur? No, well, what it is. Last week, I explained how I was building a pen yes. around the thing, and then helicopter and dinosaurs. Well, that's actually inefficient. What you do is you build a Hammond lab. And you then connect that with a fence, and then put something like a uh, a shelter or a hotel in the um, in the area. So what you can then do is you can keep pumping out velociraptors in time to eat all the guests up. So you kind of don't need to helicopter things in. Okay. Um, hmm. And uh, Commander Kurgle, how have you been? <laughs> Yeah, I've been pretty good. We're quite busy at work, so I've been getting a lot of work done, and I'm still vandalising the galaxy, drawing fuel rat letters all over the place. Uh, so my week's mostly been spent doing that. So you must be building up one heck of a lot of um, exploration data to, to bring back for the truckers. Or us. Yeah, well... Um, I've actually, between like each letter I've been doing, taking my time to go and actually scan some planetary bodies and stuff, and found some really cool stuff that I've never seen before. So I've seen like a binary pair of water worlds, um, um, 
numerous first discoveries for me, which has been a joy. And yeah, that'll be um, hopefully getting my my other account onto uh, onto its way to being an elite explorer. Excellent news, Ben. How have you been for the last week? I've actually been quite similar to Kogel, to be honest, uh, in terms of in-game stuff. I've been drawing my letter, helping the Fuel Rats logo out. Uh, I was going to stay out there a little bit longer, but then Lave Station went off and hit the lockdown state. So I kind of dashed... We're in lockdown now. Oh. So I dashed back trying to get the brandy flowing again by doing bounty hunting and stuff like that in Lave. uh, And Lave's not a great system to bounty hunt in, I have to admit. It's kind of shit, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Um... I, I mean, I have to ask the the um, oh, what do you call it? It we're not talking about UA bombing here. We're just locked down. We're yeah, we're locked down uh, right. because of people murdering live radio network ships, basically. Ooh, right, and gotcha. that went off and said no, no brandy for you. Yeah, which also that's... goes off and unlocks um, a alcoholic engineer as well. Oh. Well, less less said about that, the better. So, um, I'm a bit hesitant about this. Have we got a, a further bathroom update, Commander Psycho? I still have a bathroom. I do indeed, and it is still in the same state it was last week. Mister <laughs> 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 uh, uh, Commander Commander Simuf was entertaining a certain Commander Skiprat who came up last week. So they were off and about, which meant there was no one here, and I was on my own some. And man, did I feel it! It was a, it was a long week, a long hard week of trying to get things done. But yeah, things come together, you know. Obviously, it's now, well, just past April, so we're getting close to the end of year tax for businesses. Uh, I've got this. Yeah, in fact, it's VAT time. I always, always, yes, I always have to remind time. you. Um, yes. Yes. And um, then we're heading down in July for, uh, well, maybe two weeks away um, by the time we get back to have a meeting with our licensor, the Santoro, with regards to the gorgeous brand um, that we have with Susie's amazing artwork. Uh, and that'll be a landmark thing. Beautiful hotel I picked. Really stunning. Cannot wait to get there and uh, show Susie and prove to her that she can do it. And she's Excellent. getting to. Um, we've been told to expect lots of photos, as it'll be the first time we've been down there since we signed the contract about eight, nine years ago. Right. So yeah, it's going to be the the Walcott big night, uh, big week out. It will be. I mean, I'm personally looking forward to the drive down. I I really enjoy the driving. Um, Susie's mm-hmm. just a little bit hesitant about the whole thing and worried about mm-hmm. it naturally, but. We just got to prove to her that she can do it, so that she can come to the likes of Lavecon and join us there. Ah, that's that's a I could think. Um, well, let's see. Uh, at the moment, I'm. Uh, those of the following the stream can actually see me beginning to Thargoid hunt for the moment. Um, I've been doing this for the last week or so, thoroughly enjoying just blowing up sorcery-shaped ships. Um, that is when I haven't been outside, actually getting some sunshine. I'm actually going to have to say this in a weird way. It's sweltering here in Manchester. I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, don't. It's my my studio at the moment is 29.3 Celsius. Oh, 
That's not too bad then. So we will move quickly. It's dry heat, yeah. So we'll move quickly on. We have the development news section for you all. Now, the first thing that is up on the list, um, we have the focus feedback on mining. Now, this is, uh, they touched on this a little bit at LaveCon, well, quite a lot at LaveCon, uh, but this is the first time we saw this thing in depth. Now, uh, just going quickly through it, um, Chan, did you have anything? Uh, Interesting to say, but I'm going to avoid Grant on this one because basically, you know, him and mining. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple of interesting snippets that came out. I mean, when I first read the um, focus feedback, I was concerned when they were said, oh, there's going to be extra modules uh, for it. If you're, in a, if you're in a smaller ship, you're kind of going to be a lim bit limited for space if you need all these modules to mining properly now mm -hmm. um, but then they were talking about having uh, slots for modules so you can if you like I don't know insert a prospect limpet and a collected limpet into a single limpet controller for example so we'll have to see how that pans out I, I kind of hoping you don't have to have a uh, like a, a surface um, prospect uh, a internal um, Prospector, prospect. a deep core prospector, and they're all separate modules and stuff. So, yeah, that's remain to be seen. But I think they're pretty, they're pretty well aware of people's concerns. So we'll just have to see how it works out. The rest of it, I think, was as as was outlined at LaveCon, really. And and since I don't do a lot of mining, it's not really enough to make me go mining properly. Mm -hmm. But I think I would enjoy setting charges on these volatile asteroids while other people mine. And what's what happens? Ah, I see. Get, so. your get your crew out there, and you know, let them get set off or something. Well, no, I just join someone else's ship and say, "Hey, I'm I'm Shan. I'm I'm Triple E, and da da da. How do you fancy help me helping you do some mining? Hey, great, Shan. We'd love to have you. And then I go and set all the explosives up and blow the ship. Oh, I see. I see. Mm. Uh, you do realize by broadcasting that people will know who you are, and they they might be a bit wary. Yes, well, I have a special account for that sort of mischief. Oh, right. Takes note of special account. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, um, Ben and uh, Kurgle, did you have anything to say about the the, the mining stuff? Um, I've not done a huge amount of mining because it hasn't seemed all that interesting to me. I mean, I've done like the rudimentary amounts required to unlock engineers and all that sort of jazz, but mm -hmm. it's never been something I've put an awful lot of time in. Driving around one in a bunch of ships and tearing one apart, I'm hopeful that'll give us some fun with Asteroids, certainly willing to give it a go. Um, I'm hopeful it certainly can't be more boring than it currently is, can it? So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the mining changes, hopeful that they'll be fun. I'm actually maybe slightly concerned because yeah, I don't really enjoy mining, but when I do go mining, it's the lazy Sunday, Sunday afternoon fishing expedition, mm. overly dangerous. So yeah, I, I can put it on and do sweet Fanny Adams, just like point my beam laser at them, let my limpets go out and do their thing, and I can just switch off and... I'm worried that's going to be taken away from me, to be honest. Well, they did, say that, they did say that kind of gameplay would still be there, but if you are looking for more excitement in mining, they're going to add in. 
if you can still just fish and do nothing while you're doing it, then that'll keep a lot of people in. The only like real disappointment for me was no surface mining. It would have been super nice if we'd got a little SRV mining in somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I think they've... Oh, is this going back to the same old arguments about the MB4 mining rig that we were hoping that would be in? Uh, you know, I'm not super earth-shattered about it. It's just a little disappointment mm. that, you know, it would be great. Maybe yeah. they'll sneak in in the future. Well, yeah, I mean, we do know that there's technical limitations around that, which is uh, something that I don't know even know if it's going to be addressed, to be honest. Um, right, sort of, yeah, it, it's something along the lines that it's the same limitation that's stopping uh, them considering player bases, if you see what I mean. Because yeah, having that persistence is difficult. It is, yeah, and I think it is going to be, it depends on really on, on the scale they have it on, because theoretically, if he limited it to just a few systems, you could do it. But if you think of how many ring systems there are in just the bubble alone, mm-hmm. keeping track of that many asteroids and recording that in a secure way, because I mean, conceivably, you could, re- you could save the state on your client, you know, on your PC, mm-hmm. but then you open it up to hacking and all sorts of issues. Well, no, I mean, they were the one about planetary mining. So um, they said planetary mining, planetary bases, those kind of things where um, you have a a permanent uh, fixture on a planet that they haven't created is a problem. Uh, Because obviously, if you put the persistence down, it's going to be available to everybody else as well. So, you know... um, I I mean, I wasn't so much meaning like a mining installation on the ground as much as give my SRV a big drill and an oversized motor and give me rocky things that I can drive at. Yeah, I mean... Oh, so you want to play Armageddon then, do you? Just drive across the asteroid surface? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, give me a few nukes as well if you like. That would be pretty cool. Might might pop old cryats out. (laughs) Didn't Frontier say something recently, though, that they're going for less random factoria in generating stuff and more of it going to be procedural? Or the less RNG, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, Sandy Sandy said that both of the live stream, which we'll we'll come on to, uh, and also on the... uh, uh, at LaveCon itself, they sort of said it was one of these no ETA, no guarantee things, though. It was one of those things where you just sort of said, this is what we would like to take it, whether or not. And when he says that, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt because it's, it shows that they want to take the game in that direction. But whether or not it's got the technical capability of doing that is another matter. Yeah. Which is, is always and it's always something that people have to take into account when dealing with these things. So, um, has anybody actually put any feedback in for uh, the mining? I mean, Perth, Perth, as far as I was concerned, looking through it, I didn't see anything there that um, I thought was wrong. I mean, I do agree with you, Kurgle. I do think that it would be cool if we could put a mining rig down that we could come back to or even put a big drill in ourselves and drill for, for gold in, on planets. But I guess that's not going to happen just yet. Ben? I didn't say anything about that. Okay. Well, so... Add, sorry, I was going to add... I, I put a, a bit of feedback about the... Um, the modules, but also mm-hmm. I think it, it does need to be worth it compared with other activities in the game. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like an awful lot of faffing around to um, break one of these asteroids mm-hmm. up. So let's say it takes you 10 minutes to set all the charges up. They need to compare time compares against other activities. They yes. did say on their live stream that they were going to significantly ramp up the profits because of the time investment, didn't they? I just hope that does follow through and it's not like a 10% increase. It needs to be a no, real no, no, it needs to be big. You I mean, you're putting in uh, a lot of time, you're blowing apart asteroids, then, you know, you are putting your ship at risk at those explosions. It's got to be worth it. It's like piracy. If it was worth doing, there'd be a lot more pirates. So, yeah. Ah, so we've got one of two live streams uh, to discuss as well. The, I mean, the first one was, of course, uh, the the LaveCon recap and uh, live stream notes with Ed, Steve, and Sandro. Um, who would like to kick off about that one? No one. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't it. need a recap because we were there. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's just one of these things. I think... I guess we've been talking about this recap for well since it happened. So I don't think we've really got that much to discuss on it. I mean, there wasn't anything new announced on that stream. It was just going over for people who weren't at LaveCon. Yeah, I think it was just a chance for Frontier to actually live stream the content that they revealed at LaveCon, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. um, they've never really done that direct beyond the room of people that were were there the first time. But we, we um, I must admit, I didn't watch their, their restream. Mm, fair enough. Now, there was a couple of good questions that people asked in there. Most of them were um, uh, battered away because, uh, effectively, you knew that they were going to be just... Uh, <laughs> Basically, rehashes of what was actually asked at LaveCon. There was an awful lot of people saying that they wanted SRVs in wing, in multi-crew, as as everybody seem. That seems to be one of the big. Everyone uh, wants it because it's just it's so obvious that yeah. multi-crew and wings should just be one thing. And like so many of the multiplayer problems with the game, just go away if they can fix that problem. Um, Please, please, Frontier, give us give us SRV wings tomorrow, preferably. Well, I don't get me wrong. I mean, you get you're confusing me here. You can actually wing up if you're on separate ships, but with an SRV in some one commander and SRV in the other's ships. It's just multi crew here, isn't it? Yeah, sure. But like, think of the extra. Um, complexity you could get out of missions mm-hmm. if I could take a multi-crew crew to go and do an SRV mission, you know, and I can fit enough SRVs in a ship to do that. Oh, right, um, so I mean, you, like, that's you what I mean to... is they need to integrate wings and multi-crew should be seamless, right? I should be able to be in a wing with three people and one of those three people should be able to be multi-crewed onto my ship. Ah, uh, right, you see what you're getting at now. It's a yeah, bad it, issue it, around that, isn't there? It, in so that, there's a balance issue because if you are in as part of a crew, you then get an extra pip to do with what. I mean, like if you think that's the the main stumbling block for preventing that, I will totally take wings with integrated multi-crew where my crew don't give me an extra pip. Well, I I know it's not. Unfortunately, I think it, it is a problem. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is it's it's a technical issue that it's prevents it. It's a technical it. issue, and I think it's 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 one of these big ones, which if they do try and work on, might unravel what they've already got. As yeah, 
<laughs> it, 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 does, it does give you a bit of screaming heebie-jeebies. But one of the things that does give us hope, we have seen an advert for a senior um, network engineer specifically to work on Elite Dangerous. Yeah, that's um, that's excellent. Mm, or I mean, we don't know whether it's someone being replaced and needs replacing, or whether or not it's is actually uh, uh, new people coming in. Personally, I hope it's a new person, so that we can uh, uh, basically even if work it's on it. uh, to be honest, even if it's someone replacing a member of staff that's left, fresh ideas, new thought process, we could still see significant gains from a different person looking at the same problems, couldn't we? Mm, we could. Um, well, we'll move on to that one. So we'll move on to the one that happened earlier tonight, which, uh, to everybody's surprise, well, nobody's surprised that the the redacted hidden feature of 3.1 is, of course, the crate. The crate 2.0, we must specify, because um, the original crate, as Alan described in Live uh, Revolution, falls apart very easily. Um, so, Shannon, Ben, you went over the, uh, did you follow this live stream? We did, yes, and there's a whole load of notes in our main topic about it. I actually caught it as well. It was, um, it was a good live stream. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Well, in that case, we'll have to go through. Um, oh, before I forget, we've also got a live stream Another live stream happening this Thursday when 3.1 is released. Again, we will have to um, iterate to everybody, don't take the day off. We don't know when the release is going to happen. It could happen at 5 to midnight, which would be horrible for you if you were... And let's face it, it wouldn't be unprecedented for it to yeah, happen no. at 2 a.m. the next morning. Uh, yes, that has been known to happen. Um, right. So one if... thing, sorry, Colin. One thing to just mention in the development session: a Frontier released a, a cinematic trailer um, about uh, three point one. You know, the one with the, the the crate in it, but also the the picture of a commander walking around. Should we cover that when we get onto the crate? We, well, it was more about the fuss that people have made about it showing walking around ships and stuff must be close, otherwise they wouldn't have shown someone walking around. The, and never mind the that. thing I took away from that video was please, Frontier, release your video making toolkit <laughs> for the Cobra engine to the community and they will do wondrous things for you. Oh, God, yeah, could you imagine that? That's all that tells me about it is they've put some work into yeah, their yeah. tooling for that. that. I mean, it looked amazing though. You guys were all it, busy. It has to be stressed. There was, it, it was a cinematic trailer. It wasn't yeah, this is yeah. game footage or anything else like that. It was just a representation to tell a story, basically. That's what it was. You guys were too busy staring at the crate, weren't you? Well, what, what did you notice? Oh, did you notice the ship that it swerved to avoid on its way out? Yeah, uh, Challenger. That was all. I was, I was I was I was more, I, I was more watching in horror as it boosted out of the station, just waiting to hit a shield the sidewinder, you get a bounty and then get blown the up. We know this. Anyway. <laughs> so, Colin, sorry, you were about to talk about in game events, I think, weren't you? Or has Colin gone quiet? No, oh, Colin's uh, we just got a message saying Colin's had to go offline. So I okay. guess that means Colin's not here. So Shh. Can someone talk while I'm docking? No, we want to see you blow up. 
boost, 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 boost. Um, Quick, just change the camera to point at Ben so that he can show uh, that some streamers can dock. So I'll carry on the in-game events then. Um, okay. According to Galnet, Ashley Duval has broken Space Geek's hearts across the bubble by announcing her engagement to Federation Ambassador. Um, where do you think this guy this is going? Do you think it's like like another Cardassian style wedding or red wedding? It's going to be a red wedding, isn't it? But the best comment I've seen regarding that news story was a commander from the Mobius private group commenting that wasn't it funny that we've got Thargoids invading all over the place and the top news story is about a royal wedding. <laughs> well, engagement. Yeah, well, yeah. It's kind of game imitating life, isn't it? Exactly. So do you think, this is purely speculation, you know we had a special weekend a little while ago, and you know we had all the um, <laughs> engineering stuff. I'm just wondering, do you think if there's going to be another like weekend where they produce the engineering requirements or like a special offers on Imperial and Federal ships or something like that to kind of celebrate the engagement. Oh, that would be quite cool if you can, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I really hope that they do do more of those in-game sort of gold rushes. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. Especially with some with a nice story behind it, like the engagement. Yeah, because last time was when there was a, a new Emperor or S, depending on your point of view. Um, the there was a significant discount, wasn't there, on the clipper, I think, and you didn't need the rank requirements to get a clipper. So I'm just wondering if this marriage goes ahead, then will they then use that as an excuse for a cutter discount or something? Maybe they'll do a discount on a cutter and like a fed ship, one for each half of the uh, arrangement. Maybe, yeah. As I say, it just seems to be a a good opportunity for them to do similar sort of celebrations again, really. Can I just see so, Ben? Anyway, um, how goes the Fuel Rats logo drawing? The last I saw of it, um, oh, Toxic's gone off and done both eyes and is doing an inner circle, I believe. And a bunch of the letters have been done. I'm not entirely sure what other, what the rest of it is, though, because... We've not had an update for a few days, but then, I do uh, know. Yeah, one of the other commanders who's doing, I think, the outside ring has plotted like three quarters of his way around the ring, and then got to a place where he can't actually jump in in the correct like line from where he is, and he's now sat there wondering if he's going to have to like go all the way back around the circle the other way to try and join it up as close as he can. <laughs> Be but he doesn't want to like make a giant hat on his on his circle because he's like I can't jump anywhere within a hundred light years in you know away from from the line that I want to be on. Uh, that's the only problem I've seen crop up so far in it. Everyone else seems to be picking up their letter or or block assignments going just, off trundling. Can't, can't he just not run the tools and then start up again where he's supposed to be? I think that's considered breaking the spirit of the the journey but who knows i'll let you know if there's any progress on that he hadn't come up with a solution for his dilemma the last time i looked in there well he goes self-destruct and then start again can't he yep well actually saying that he wouldn't what he would do is starting from the position he's at start drawing the circle backwards right because 
if that if he knows that's going to be the end point of one side, he's already at the start of. It doesn't matter which position he begins. Yeah, just retrace your steps. Yeah. Uh, and I've done one letter, and I'm about to start my second. And um, Doctor Toxic got trained up by um, the guy who's arranging the whole project, and then he showed me. It only took about five minutes to learn out how to change their coordinates into finding an actual star and plotting your course. And it, yeah, it's really straightforward. You should give it a look if you have any interest in going out and vandalising the galaxy map. And there's a video, isn't there, with a link? We're going to be putting on the show notes. Is we've got right? a link in the show notes to the Discord group if you want to come and get involved. And we've got a few links to we can spit out bits of the diagram that we've already mapped. So there's a few short MP4s of just like the eyes that Dr. Toxic's drawn and the letters I've drawn and the letters that Ben's drawn. I don't think we really want to display those videos just now, though, because that would probably it'd be a spoiler for, for the, the finished the final product. product. And what we've got for so far does look like it will be amazing. Okay, excellent. Uh, so, oh, and for the record, I can dock whilst on a stream, and I can dock from a third-person perspective. We need to see you do the blind docking challenge. Didn't they do that on one of the Christmas streams, a blind takeoff challenge? Just using the, the sound of things. I mean, I actually think the guy that did that docking backwards has the perfect trick for docking blind right. As long as you're pointing at the entrance, turn flight assist off, and you're going to go through the letterbox. Right, so so uh, on to the newsletter. Um, we talked about the mining feedback. Uh, talked about the live stream. Corvette pack. Any Corvette owners here got the pack or felt like getting the pack? If I were a Corvette owner, I would get the pack. It looks damn sexy, I think. Uh, if they made it just the metallic without like all of the blotchy diamond razor bits on it then i'm so probably you want the galvanized one or whatever it is uh, i just want chrome to be honest but you know hey -ho. <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was all right i mean I'm, i fly corvette most of the time and mm -hmm. it doesn't really suit the style of my ship but i can see how people like it so i the nicest corvette one i've seen actually is like the white sunburst on a on a dark red background one one of the commanders was flying around lave a few episodes back that looks great i can't recall what that one's called but i, I, I assume it's in the store though i will rush to find out for you so uh a commander crow dark has made an elite dangerous ring um, and also some Chieftain fan art, which is a work in progress. Who has uh, tell us about that? I've seen an image of the ring, and I thought, ooh, that looks shiny, and left it at that. Um, I didn't really go any further than that, though, just because I was just like, yeah, that looks nice, but it's not mine, and I will never get it, so... Same, really. I've seen it. It looks pretty. Um, it has an elite thing on it. Look good. And we've covered the Ashling Duval, but in, in other news, um, the Thargoids have been repelled from the core, um, which I guess will make Colin happy, because I, I suspect he's been part of that uh, effort. Mm -hmm. um, the League of Reparation um, agents have been apprehended. Now, they, this is the group of people that are uh, set on avenging the death of Commander Jameson, I believe. 
Um, I'm not sure whether it's kind of finished off that particular storyline or whether there's more to come from that. What do you think? I'm pretty sure there's a lot more to come from that. This sounds... It sounds guff to me. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced things are finished yet, and I think we'll hear a lot more from the League of League of Reparation and the person who's totally utterly not their leader, Laurie Jameson. Do you think it's got a scent of the Children of Raxler and the whole Salome thing? A little bit, yeah. Um, Hopefully it's not going to end up in that sense, but it does have that feel about it, doesn't it? Salami. There's a name I haven't heard in years. Not a long time. No, not in a long time, actually. Um, if you think about it, actually, even the Thargoids kind of stories and stuff haven't made me read Gilnet, which actually doesn't have anything to do with any of you. It's just purely me being not interested. <laughs> Sorry, that's really bad. I just realised I'm about to make a sweeping generalisation based purely on the fact that I don't read Galnet. Um, thank you. Just for and you don't listen to Galnet? Yeah, I was just about to ask if that had not encouraged you to listen more now that it'll read it out for you while you're trucking. Not even a second. Not even. No. Do you know, I've not even done it since they released it. How bad is that? And do you know what it is? It's purely because, well, I've not been playing much um, and I'm doing exploration, so I'm, I'm kind of far away from all the trouble anyway. But I've never really been personally engaged with the storylines going on. Um, so it doesn't really... I think, you know, to be honest, I think I really quite enjoy the BGS stories that we and other players have, are creating more than the Galnet news because I think it's just because it's more relevant to me. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just like I wouldn't pay that much attention to a real royal announcing their engagement. I haven't seen her interest in some made-up NPC royal. But we should do. I mean, if you think about it, Powers links straight into Galnet, doesn't it? So you read something... Uh, you'll have to excuse me if you're watching the stream... For some reason, there is an intermittent pause uh, at irregular intervals, which has absolutely nothing to do with any of the feeds, which is weird, because they're all coming in beautifully smooth. I can't iron it out. I'm trying different things, but it's not going anywhere, so I think we're going to have to put up with it until um, the end of tonight's show, but the audio should be nice and fine. Um, really annoying, because it worked perfectly last week, and nothing's changed, but there's some kind of glitch in my wonderful OBS software that's doing it. Play on the heat. It could well be the heat or it could be the you know, Virgin Internet has been less than reliable, but I wouldn't expect that because I can see that the stutter the stuttering going on. But sorry, yes, um powers links into the Galnet news. So when you hear you know the head of a powers, but background sims don't. And maybe the narratives that are written uh, in the BGS are more important to the players involved uh, because it's what they're doing, you know, it's what they're doing. So maybe they need to put more BGS stuff um, into the Galnet news uh, and the power stuff to try and tr- you know, to, to engage us with it. I've never really thought about it in that perspective, but I think you're absolutely spot on. Um, I think even if it was just fed in alongside the stuff that they're writing, it would be excellent. Only thing I'd say about that is some of the stuff that goes on in in the name of BGS manipulation 
do we really want that becoming official law? Well, it's not got to um, be. So, I mean, if you think about it, when you have uh, an election somewhere, and yeah. you get a little newspaper generated and articles and stuff, and you'll get the civil war breakouts and stuff like that. So, to me, that's that's a, that's the in-game engine recognizing a circumstance has occurred, and it's mm. a, applying a, a sort of story generated regarding that. Um, maybe they could look for other signs like you know things like the um, a, a huge burst in in crime in a system as well a uh, crime spree and and things like that indicators to help people with background sims but where there's maybe a, a large um effect on a faction to for example they go into war in multiple systems that's newsworthy i don't expect you to have um you know, Lave had a crime wave this weekend, unless it is a particularly important system, if you know what I mean. But I think background sims, where you have these big swings and Hutton truckers uh, seem to have lost a lot of influence in six or seven of their systems, should be something that would happen in a sort of intergalactic news because it would be something relevant to the universe. So what in the in the in the local news you might have. We're terribly sorry, but local police are busy dealing with a spate of murders. Therefore, we've had to put on more police or something like that, but leave into a state of lockdown. Yeah, and that would be in the local. That would be in the local news. But, but things, if things as, like you know, say the truckers, a controlling lose faction, six or seven things, then yeah, a, a multiple yeah. controlling fa- a faction that controls multiple systems loses a system. Well, that's kind of big news. And you know you would expect that you know that they've pulled out of this. I mean, I know sometimes that can happen just purely because of choice, just to dump a system, etc. So I'm not particularly suggesting that there shouldn't be someone who casts an eye over these things to go, no, 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 not interested in that. That's rubbish. That's not relevant. That's not interesting. But yeah, but it's all done uh, by procedural generation that you use anyway. Yeah. So yeah, getting that, getting that dynamic. Proc gen might be well, that's, getting, that's getting the always the challenge. But I mean, if you uh, look at Garnet at the moment, it's it, it player play, it's got a hint of stuff, I and mean, I can't quite think of how you would avoid the, the the stuff going on. But it must be interesting to hear that you know, uh, after a month or so, you've got a large power that had multiple systems reduced to one. Yeah, and that should be you know interesting for people. I just think it will allow people to engage with the background sim. Yeah. Um, and whoever's actually saying that you do actually get reports about these changes, by the way, yeah, um, in the in the local news, so you do get that. But you maybe don't get the on a galactic scale, you don't get the stuff that happened to the truckers. No, and I'm, I mean, I, obviously, just being I'm using truckers purely as an as an example. There are much, much, much bigger. Uh, oh, yeah. Player groups with many more players and users in it, but from my point of view, if I, you know, if we as truckers went on a, a an expansion spree attempt and we were taking over fifteen systems in the space of I a month, we're trying we, to lose weight, aren't we? Still, yeah. Uh, but if we were trying to do something like that and then you achieved it, you'd expect that you know invading fifteen systems without much opposition would be newsworthy for on a galactic scale. And I think you know mm. what I'm thinking on those lines is. There's so many minor player factions and we all play this game in our own little teeny bubble. And the only time we meet is by chance. If, however, you could get that into the galactic news and then come to anyway. 
well, you know, people engage with it a bit more, then you might find that there'll be even more calls to action, uh, more responses, more uh, inter-BGS kind of shenanigans. But for me, a bit more background sort of news into the Galnet news would have me reading it a bit more. Uh, or maybe at all. That's terrible. That's so bad. But yeah, don't listen to me because I don't read the damn thing. Uh, I do. I did for a long time follow all the local news and lay, but obviously I'm nowhere near a station now, so it's no use to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the local news stuff now, and we got okay. So what's this lay bestsellers? Okay, so that's just apparently Paynight escape pods and liquor have been selling. Um, I do think it would be good if you could subscribe to a specific station's feed. When you're docked up it. Yeah, so like, that'd if be you nice. want to get Lave news, sign up for the Lave Galnet and you'll get it delivered like in a weekly bulletin or a daily bulletin or something. Okay, so well, he- here's some of the. This is a procedurally generated thing about Lave going into lockdown. So on the 24th of June, 3304, there was a Lave news flash. Uh, safety protocols are in effect throughout the system. An urgent announcement from local rulers, Lave Radio Network stated, due to an increase in unmarked vessels passing through this region of Independence State, we declare a security lockdown until such time as all visitors to Lave can be properly identified. Commander advised that any suspicious activity will result in an investigation by our security services. Well, I call you docking on stream pretty suspicious, Ben. <laughs> That's, okay, so fine, it's a little news article, but it's about Lave going into lockdown, but it's not exactly compelling reading. No, no. Um, If you want to get compelling reading, you actually have to handwrite it. And the main problem that you've got there is that resources. Yeah. How how many of these articles? Impossible for... And and Commander Wotherspoon writes them so Frontier don't have to. I'm not even sure that they would necessarily need to handwrite them to get more pertinent information into them. The things like um, a community goal, for example, they can track the top 10 players that have contributed to that. Why don't they like maybe put them in the news bulletin or something? Or the top five most wanted people in a system that's gone into lockdown. They should be featuring heavily in the news reports, you know. These are the most wanted people in the system. Get them. Well, on the subject of uh, <laughs> CGs, there are two CGs this week. One with both of them have decals. Uh, both of them are in the Ply D sector IR W D1 55, which is the Oracle system for those of you who are not aware. So we've got a, a mining one and we have a protect the miners or a bounty hunting one. So, uh, yeah, anybody taking part in those? I mean, uh, I've been down that way, but. As they've people got, could... they've Go got decals, yes, which will mean do. everyone will have them. So, in my contrary mode, I won't be doing them because they got decals. <laughs> and I want to be unique, but not, not having any decals. I would have thought about doing them if I'd been not drawing letters all over the galaxy. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Just, just for the stickers, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm probably good. Stickers. Everybody wants it for the stickers. So, um, what we'll do is we'll go for a quick advert break, if that's okay, Grant, and then we'll come back with our main discussion about a crate jacket. Yeah, yeah, um, 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll need I need I need more than a couple of seconds. Um, That's <laughs> okay. Okay, no, here we, we go. Will, here we go. We'll sort it out in the edit. Yeah, it will be fine. No, no, no. Honest. Oh, press play. Eddie Lee Wise no. here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple, or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit. Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> on the far side of the bubble, on the dark side of an airless moon, on the slightly more interesting side of a ravine, there lived the Engineer. The Engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, muckabate, prickleback, sole, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wabagum, banjo, banga, snook, sole, shad, scat, come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw, hooma hooma nooka nooka wapa wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. parents were out doing their trucking and bounty hunting those naughty pirates or mining for diamonds and gold to get rich so they could buy some nice shit when we are old enough to get our pilot's license we should be at store but we're not we're bunking off down the park playing mud wars and doing target practice for pew pew with our nerf guns i'm doing double bulk and when i grow up i'm going to be a bounty hunter and chase that naughty death yuck and sit him down a hundred times a day. I'm Arlie Twin. When I get my pilot's license, I want a Cobra Mark III with a fluorescent pink metal flake paint job so people know that I'm the most awesome bounty hunter in the galaxy. We are the Utton Kids and we're coming to get ya! And welcome back. Um, now, of course, today we had this massive uh, uh, live stream today with um, uh, about the new ship, the Crate Mark II. Now, it appears to be a medium-sized ship with python-like weapons, a fighter bay, and the police won't scan it as much. Now, personally, I hadn't thought, or I didn't know there was a stat that did that, but as is asked here, could this be a pirate's dream? Who saw the stream and who wants to jump in first? I'm going to say called it. Called it. You called it, did you? Slavery, not, yeah. not a pirate's dream. It's, 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 it's a 
smuggler's dream. I, I thought I said a criminal ship, I think is, is how I described or wanted it, but it's, it's definitely part of a new archetype of ship for, for crime. And the, the, the trait they're talking about uh, is a ubiquity rating, I think is what Sandro called it. And he spoke about it in the interview he did about crime and punishment in Lady Radio episode 177. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and basically what it is, is the flashier your ship, uh, the more interest the police will take in it. Um, so I guess it's right. what an equivalent of driving around um, your local town in a gold Lamborghini or versus driving around town in a... Uh, dodgy Ford Mondeo, you know. I wasn't sure if it was quite because you know by that that idea, I thought that a cutter would say get a lot of attention, and they don't seem to. Whereas driving around in a third lands definitely does. I think it depends on lots of things. Um, he didn't go into too much detail about how the rating sort of worked mm. and what would make it bigger or smaller. Um, we we know from uh, smuggling stuff that your heat signature has an influence on it so maybe the the cutter you're trying to get in with has a uh, higher heat signature or something but basically there's a fundamental stat that means some ships attract more attention than others and apparently the crate has a has this reduced somewhat so it makes it easier to um to smuggle, uh, smuggle yeah yeah, there's a, it was a, a conspicuous rating or something like that, they said. Ubiquity, ubiquitous, ubiquity rating, I think Sandra called right. it. I mean, is it, is it a case of the whole ship, uh, is, the, uh, is it, or is it the fact that you've got a ship that's fully A-rated? So if you're mm-hmm. flying about in a C-rated Cobra, they're not going to take much notice of you, but flying around an A-rated Cobra, they will. I'm not sure it goes into that depth. Um, allegedly, the state of your paintwork and the general repair of the ship mm-hmm. uh, has an influence as well. Um, so if you don't ever repair your ship or repaint it, then they're more likely to gain attention than if it's all smartly painted and in good nick. So, 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 so basically, the Millennium Falcon, using this as an example, the Millennium Falcon, and because it, in the solo movie, because it's all spick and span and all's nice and shiny, they wouldn't look at. But the Millennium Falcon, because it's all beat up and I know, hope. Colin, they would. Yeah. Have you seen the solo movie? Yeah, but it's all spick and span and nice. I, could, I didn't I hear you saying Star Wars is dead to you? Sure, that I heard was, you say that a few times. That was months ago. <laughs> I know I haven't seen the solo movie, thank you very much. I'm, I'm okay, one, so probably one of those people that has caused it and all the spin-offs to get cancelled now. So, because I didn't go see it. So, bringing it back to the crate, um, made by Fulgan DeLacy, uh, Python analogue, according to PC Mag. That's right. I mean, as they went in the stream... Mm-hmm. It shares a lot of similarities with the Python. Um, on the face of it, based on the stats, I think it's a better multi-purpose ship than the Python. Right. Um, we can come on the exact details of it later on, but first impressions are, yes, it loses a bit in the cargo um, or the slot internals, 
but I think on the whole it's a better all-rounder ship than a it Python. It is a monster. It's a monster. I can't wait to get in one. Right, okay. So we're talking three large hard points, two medium large points. Uh, hard points, rather. So plenty of certainly taking the, the Python's uh, firepower level. Um, four util slots, plenty to muck about with that. Um, seven rated powers, six for thrusters, five for FSD. So that's going to limit it a little bit, isn't it? The FSD it's range. Very similar to Python. As I say, I think probably engineered, you're looking, I think they mentioned on stream around um, 30-ish, probably, maximum. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, so we'll, we'll have to see. Obviously, it depends on loadout. But I think if you bank on it being about the same as Python, um, you'll be in the ballpark. Right. And this is quite an interesting point. It needs Horizons. You can only get this if you have the Horizons expansion. Yeah, that was surprising, actually, because uh, you don't need, you know, you can buy it at uh, space stations. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but I guess it needs horizons because of the fighter bay, maybe? Mm, I always thought the fighter bay didn't need horizons, but um, I could be wrong on that. Uh, let's see. I mean, it does seem to be a smugglery smuggler fightery type ship it says it's aimed at being sneaky and maneuverable versus being a hull tank so could that be its weakness it's, it's paper thin hull possibly I mean the uh, Steve Kirby on the live stream um, did mention that in a straight frontal joust the python would just come on top um, but then he said there's obviously other factors involved in that fight and that you wouldn't just sit there facing each other they're shooting each other like some sort of um, Wild West gunfight. Um, you'd be maneuvering as well. So he thinks they would be about equal in terms of combat ability. I don't know. If, if, if you have a fighter bay, that, that just shoves everything in the fighter bay, ship the fighter bay's favour. Um, I agree. Yes. I think it's going to absolutely tear apart a python. I think it's going to, I think it's really going to change the on combat the landscape. It depends on the shield and the hull strength. I mean, if, if they are significant Python, then mm. yes, it may have more DPS, but it may be more of a glass cannon. I mean, I've always likened the Python to a brawler. It's a yeah. brawling ship. It's a kind of, it's like the Rocky Balboa, I guess, of medium ships. Um, whereas this is probably not quite as robust, but it's harder. So swings and roundabouts, I suppose. What's the Muhammad Ali kind of version of it? I don't yeah. know my boxers enough, but I was just thinking about the classic kind of stand there and take it, Rocky Balboa kind of style of fighting. Yeah, so basically you consider, if you want to go back to the good old MMO kind of uh, mechanics, the Python would be considered a tank, while this would be considered DPS. Probably a rogue class if you were going to use. Mm -hmm. And highly important, four cup holders even though there's only three crew allowed on it. Well, you've got to have a spare somewhere, right? Mm. Um, I must admit, I did... It, there is something very millennia, Millennium Falcon stroke um, the ghosts from Star Wars Rebels about this new design crate. I did have one problem, and that was the under-wing cockpit. I thought that was... Oh, that's lovely! Yeah, but aren't you going to have the wings blocking part of your view? 
No, you can see the guns. You can see the guns. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's absolutely phenomenal from the video that they put up in their stream. I can't wait to get in that co cockpit, and I hope we see more ships with odd designs applied to them, not just another wedge, you know. Although, as someone said, it does look like an upside-down vulture. It, it does. Yeah, it totally does. And it's not on the note, but um, Mr. Stroud will be very pleased to see. It's got aerials on the side, not guns. <laughs> <laughs> so presumably one for... Doesn't Oliver owe Alan something for that? I'm sure... I thought wages were made. Yeah, well, we'll have I don't to see. Know. I think, actually, they're coming on. They're coming on the show next week, so I think they're coming on we the show ask. next week anyway. So we can um, we can maybe ask. Yeah. So on to the uh, on to the internals, a bit more detail. There are two class six um, internals. There are two class fives, one class four, two class three, mm -hmm. and one class two. So that's pretty much the same as a Python, as I said, minus the size six which is someone hastily worked out was about 228-ish tons of cargo. So it carries a useful amount of cargo. Um, I haven't done the math to see what you, know, what you can fit in, whether you still need to shield and stuff within that figure. But yeah, I guess it's the same as Python, minus 32 tons, I suppose. Yeah. So, so basically, everybody has seen the new crate and thought, yep, I'm having one of those. Thank you very much. I mean, I guess Shan's right, and we'll see how it plays out once we've actually got them in our hands and people have slapped a load of engineering mods on them. But I foresee that there may be either some rebalancing relatively rapidly, or people are going to have a joyous time in the crate. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. I mean, I, I was watching him, uh, watching them um, play it, and the pitch looked a little slow to me. Um, yeah, with the e-thrusters, it also looked like it had a bit of drift, but I think with the right engineering mods applied, I think a lot of those problems can be... Yeah, so do you think it's a ship speculation that, that you would need to engineer to get the most out of, or do you think it'll be good for good enough stock? I mean, I think it'll be usable stock, but I think to make it... to see where it ends up in, like, the hierarchy of ships we're going to have to push it right to the edges and dealing with those problems or just heaping the engineering mods onto, you know, best in class for different... Yeah. Modules. I mean, one of the limitations is it only has four utility slots. Yeah. Python, but that's quite low, really. Yeah, I think you're right. The um, That's always felt a bit low on the Python, hasn't it? And I think you'll find the same thing with that. It's got a massive power distributor, though, hasn't it? You're going to be pupying with lasers forever. Yeah, I was pleased to see about that, actually. Um, don't know what it's like on power. I mean, yes, it's got a Class 7 power unit, and I, I'm not... A, I don't recall ever running out of power on my Python. But then it's again... It's the only ship I put an A-rated kill warrant scanner in, just because it doesn't matter. You can have all the modules on, and you don't run out of power. Um, it's got a, quite a small fuel tank, though, I believe, isn't it? I think it's one down from a Conda. I mean, it, it doesn't feel like you're hampered by its fuel tank in jumping as much as you are by just its straight range. So, it's class five. Sorry, come. 
Yeah. So we will we be seeing an uptake in piracy due to, or smuggling due to this vessel, you reckon? Well, I, I'm going to be asking Frontier um, to replace the orange sidewinder with an orange crate. No, no. Yeah. Because not. there's so many people who host Lave Radio now, we can't all fit in a sidewinder all the time. And if they upgrade it to an orange crate, maybe people won't be able to kill the orange sidewinder so easily. It just needs two wingmates. Hmm. You can have know. crates as wingmen. Exactly. And, and the crates is crate. an independent ship. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Hosted from have... an orange crate. No, it doesn't ring the same. We just, we, we just make Glade Radio sound like a greengrocer's, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, we don't want that. So the other ship that they were discussing there was the Challenger. So uh, what did people think of the, the Challenger? Is it just an updated Chieftain? I mean, it's core internals are just exactly the same as a Chieftain. It's just the optionals that are different. So it's definitely a variant rather than a whole new ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what struck me is a couple of things about the, the Challenger. First of all, it does make the Chieftain look like last year's graphics card. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, the other thing was, was that they estimated the cost to be around 26 to 30 million, which I thought was quite high compared to what the Chieftain is. Yeah, is the Chieftain is about seven, seven or eight million, isn't it? About twenty-ish, isn't it? Oh, but yeah, I mean, I must admit, when I've looked over the stats for the the Challenger, and they're looking at, I'm flying the Chieftain at the moment, but I'm there thinking, and I can't see a good reason to. Well, yeah, the reason to keep it is for the uh, Lave Radio paint well, job, obviously. Yeah, but well, that's pretty obvious. But other than that, I think you're right. The interesting thing is, is they mentioned the uh, internal weapons, uh, mm -hmm. which it has uh, uh, one large, uh, three medium, and three small. And they claimed it as an upgrade in firepower. I would probably dispute that, actually, because losing a large hard point is actually, you know, in, in exchange for a small and a medium, probably isn't that much of an upgrade, to be honest. Well, and also the fact that you want to... The Chieftain and the uh, the Challenger are supposed to be anti-Thargoid vessels, replacing Type 1 slots which can't take AX weapons or Guardian upgrade weapons. I mean... That doesn't feel good. It, I hadn't seen it, ref like either of them referred to as anti-Thargoid before, um, probably just through not paying enough attention. But that might explain why the crate may not have the shields of a Python if it's designed for... Um... Zeno bashing. I will see the thing is I don't think the crate is, but the challenger I thought the challenger would be because it's supposed to be a, a variant of the uh of the chieftain, which is supposed to be an anti Thargoid vessel. I mean I don't know whether or not I'm getting the wrong end of the stick here. I possibly because in the um beyond episode one there was the um the trailer wasn't there sharing the, the Scottish lady Flying a chieftain, blowing up a Medusa with two torpedoes, which I want those torpedoes. But anyway, um, <laughs> um Maybe but, but anyway, it's a lot better than you. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, and anyway, I, I was just thinking about the the, the loadout of it, and uh, Commander Weatherspoon in, in chat has mentioned um, 
about slot two being more useful for anti-xeno and it's not because with the class three anti-xeno weapons you can only store four experimental weapons on your ship mm -hmm. so you're saying you're reducing a class three anti-xeno weapon to a class two anti-xeno weapon which is quite a drop actually uh, and also well we'll come on to this a bit later on but uh, yeah I don't know. I'm not convinced it's an upgrade in DPS. If you're against small, medium ships, possibly. But if yeah. you can't take down a bigger ship, then a, a large hardpoint will have more DPS than two medium ones because of the penalty. Unless, I'm sorry, I'm just theory crafting here. The only thing I think it would could be better at, depending on distributors and stuff, would be if you wanted to use it as a short-range uh, frag build. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about using it for what Colin's doing at the moment? So an anti-Thargoid scout ship, and then you'd have the Chieftain as the 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 Thargoid Medusa and things ships, you know, with the, with their bigger guns. Well, it's yeah, I don't know. It, it does fit more an anti-Thargoid loadout because it says it has heavier armor hmm. and shields. But it has a, why interpreters a negligible drop, in in performance. Um, so if you anti thargoid, you would want it to have heavier armor, um, maybe a bit more shields. But it was the armor side that you particularly want. And this ship, like the chieftain, I believe, has three class four military slots. Oh right, I see. So the the upshot is, I mean, would you actually be flying a chieftain uh, in? Well, sorry, would you be flying the the challenger instead of the chieftain? Then it's you've you've said it's sort of like the chieftain's now last year's graphics card. So I'm assuming that's a yes. Well, I think the chieftain looks less like a squashed bug. Sorry, the challenger looks less like a squashed bug than the chieftain does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I probably wouldn't fly either. But if you like a small, very maneuverable ship, um, I'd give Challenger a go, I think, just simply because um, it's new. I yeah. must admit, I haven't even flown a Chieftain yet, uh, so I'm probably going to buy both um, when 3.1 lands and just have a go on both of them. Well, I must admit, I mean, as people can probably see, I'm flying the Chieftain at the moment. I think it's it's absolutely fine for taking out scouts, but um, I've flown it in a wing against uh, the big interceptors, and to tell you the truth, it, it just comes apart, and that could be just me, but I am just using AX weapons, so I don't expect the Challenger to be much better. We might need the Challenger because there's supposed to be a whole load of new Thargoid content coming in the next patch. But then why wouldn't you use a Fertile Lance or something with a bit more kick to it? Because you can't use um, Class 3 weapons, the amount, the same amount of Class 3 weapons, oh, bum, uh, in, in a Fertile Lance. Just wondering, actually, Shan, can you get, um, oh... AX hull stuff or something like that 
You know, is there an anti-Xeno hull or an anti-Xeno shield? Well, on stream, and we can talk about that a bit later on, I guess, they did talk about how they reduced the Guardian uh, requirements quite substantially. Mm -hmm. And when they were on stream, they showed a couple new gadgets on there. There was the Guardian shield booster, and then there was the Guardian hull reinforcement. And mm. I, we don't know what the stats of those are. I mean, I suspect they are in the middle between what we can do with engineering and stock. Um, because going back to the analogy we used the while when these first came out, is it's like buying a pre-overclocked graphics card or pre-overclocked processor. Yeah. Not the very best you can get, but if you don't want to engineer or you don't want to um, sacrifice other parts, you know, your other parts, then you would go for those. So I guess it turns on the stats, really. Hmm. Yeah, well, I guess I'll be definitely flying one um, if, as they say, that the the Thargoids are going to get more difficult going forward uh, forward in the future. Um, so, is everybody happy with the with the ships? Shall we move on to the new mining missions? I'm sworn to by the ships actually. <laughs> okay, okay. If you've got more to say about the ships, carry on then, Shan. Um, just to sort of clarify what they showed on stream, it has a size six. Uh, Power plant, size six thrusters, uh, class five French shift drive. So if you've got an ASP or a chieftain in the next bit, you'll be able to use that. Uh, class four life support, class six power distributor, which I think will be plenty actually, and uh, class four sensors. In terms of power usage, six might be a bit low in stock. You might need to, to overclock your power supply, your power unit, to make it fit everything in. Whereas I think the Great, will be just fine uh, as standard. Uh, the key thing, though, is that with both ships, they did say because they're alliance and stuff, there is no rank requirements or no favor. You can just buy them yeah. from, your, from the nearest shipyard. Um, oh, right. All right, so the crate would be considered alliance as well. It's just, it's just a, a straightforward. No, I thought the crate was independent, they said, didn't they? Yeah, it's, it's possible. Good, good. All I'm saying is they're both, you don't need an alliance rep or federation or uh, imperial rep to get them. Um, it, Challenger doesn't have, does not have a fighter bay, um, but it does have an extra multi-crew seat, so you can have a gunner as well in your Challenger, if you wish. Oh. Uh, and Funny, I thought you got a, a gunner and the chieftain, but never mind. Well, so I do apologize. Go ahead, Sean. No, that's fine. Um, the other thing is, it too only has four utility slots. Hmm. Um, but the good news is, if you want to update your graphics card, I mean, sorry, Chieftain, um, <laughs> then most of your Chieftain stuff will fit in the Challenger, so you don't need to re-engineer everything. At least that's something. Uh, screaming heebie-jeebies about the, the, the cost of... Um, uh, basically re-engineering these things. And it's uh, quite a big time investment. So, have we finished with the ships? Let's <laughs> uh, so have a quick look. Just make sure. Oh, there was the, it, the crate boosted to around um, was that 360 odd, I think. 376, I think. And that, that is un, that's obviously unengineered. That is 
That is fast. Yeah. A rated on engineered, I think it was. Yeah, it was non. It, it wasn't engineered, but it was A rated. But it was, it was, it was, it was not optimized. So it didn't go lightweight on the uh, life support or scanners, for example. And I think they also um, didn't go lightweight or combat spec. So yeah, it's must... fairly fast anyway. Yeah, I must admit, the more I'm hearing about this, the more that I'm not going to like seeing a crate appear if I'm flying a T9. If you see what I mean. Well, I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, everyone. I guess the the, the challenger seems a bit like a red-headed stepchild, and, and I guess in many respects it is because uh, it's a crate that's stealing the glory. Um, but I'm on the face of it until I've flown one properly. Um, I think it's a great ship and. It's probably, in my in my view, the now the second best uh, multi-role ship after Anaconda. I think mm. it's the part of the Python Pro, the best multi-role ship. Yeah. Yeah, make Pythons great again. <laughs> <laughs> so is the crate actually more expensive than the Python? I thought Python was it's, more expensive. It's just under a Python, I think. It's going to be a similar amount, I think, to... Fully A rate it, which is around the 110, 115 million mark to fully A rate a Python, I think. Mm. So, uh, why would you choose a Python going forward? Uh, more paint schemes. <laughs> I see. Well, if you want, to, if you wanted the, if you wanted a good intermediate cargo, you know, um, cargo ship, Python still makes a lot of sense. Because um, if you don't want to have the the sheer weight and expense of an anaconda and be able to land outposts, Python is probably a better cargo hauler simply because it's got the extra size six internals. The thing um, is, now that they've buffed the T seven, if you were just going to haul cargo, I suppose you're stuck on large pal, aren't you? So yeah, with a um, outpost, Python's still king. Yeah, and because it's a medium ship, then that means you you can last and land on at Hutton Orbital. We might see crates hanging around Hutton Orbital. Yeah, I've I think they. Sorry, I think as a multi-role ship, um, the crate takes as a mission runner. So if you want a ship that does a bit of everything, mm. then crate is probably where it's at. I think now. Yeah. So yes, I think everybody will see a, a mass influx of crates for the first. Uh, at least the first couple of weeks. <laughs> I think they'll stay popular. You don't think they'll be that popular? No, I think they'll stay popular. I think they'll. I think they'll make a big impact when they arrive, and I think they will just become part of the background that are always there. Um, I think it's going to be a phenomenal ship if it stays as they've shown it. Right. Okay. Well, we'll move on to the rest of what was discussed uh, on on the live stream. Um, there was discussion about the new mining missions uh, and installations, new interactions like the mega ships in terms of piracy. And they put said bra uh, brackets hint use silent running. Is this basically to avoid getting bounties and notoriety? Yeah, I think Ben, you were interested in this, weren't you? I think. Yeah, I was reading this about the doing these assaults or whatever it is on the on the installations or the mega ships that we've got, and I, I just it was one of the things that I heard them saying was it's definitely your your 
your um I was I was going to say assault, but it sounds like you, you're better being sneaky. So you're trying mm-hmm. to steal something from them, and going in guns blazing is just—it's going to encourage—it's going to encourage everybody to come in and shooting at you and things like that. Whereas, if you're using got your heat sinks on and your silent running on, get your heat all the way down, then maybe you might be able to to slip in and grab your cargo and get away again. Hmm. Um, so you mean like in a ship that has been, just been announced that the police won't take much notice of? For example. Yeah. Now, that, that's something we don't know, is how cool is it going to run as well? Um, you know, we just will need to see all this kind of stuff coming in, but it's going to be interesting, and I was glad to see that they're adding... Um, oh, search and rescue stuff to this as well. Yeah, so you don't have to go illegal. Yes, you can actually be a good boy in doing it. Uh, and the other thing that I was glad to see was if they're going to have pirate installations there, then you could go bounty hunting in them and things. Yeah. So. Oh, so they're, so they're, they're not just being restricted to legal structures. They're actually put pirate bases they in there. They did say there was a pirate installation in there. Which I was glad about because yeah, you know, these installations look awesome. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a criminal at heart. I don't really want to go off and do a heist unless I'm playing Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Um. So I don't. You know, it's not really in my character. God, I'm talking about RP here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really in my character's <laughs> um, character to go off and steal a bunch of cargo from some bar. Yes. Something like that. On the other hand, my character would go and do a rescue mission um, or once the cargo had been... He'd, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a smuggler, but I'm going to... I'm illegal. I'm going to buy my stuff rather than steal it. <laughs> right, gotcha. Um, yeah, so... Um, I mean, I must admit, I mean, I've, I've dabbled at uh, looking at the um, the mega ships and be scanning the mega ships with the uh, the data link scanner, uh, but every single time I back off because I'm there thinking, I, I don't want the hassle of having to go on the run. I mean, maybe it is a case of choose a, a ship you don't mind losing, but yeah, not exactly. It hasn't fired my imagination as much as the as people have seen just the Thargoid scouts that I've been dealing with because, like I said, I'm thoroughly enjoying dealing death blows to them. Um, I mean, obviously, the, we've also got stuff about the new Guardian goodies. There's new lore and narrative. New Thargoid ships, they said. Yeah, they mentioned this in one of the forum posts, and it's almost, it sounds as though Thargoids are getting heel beams, um, in which these new ships apparently will buff the, the other ones. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they work out. Whether they, whether they these new Healy Thargoids will yeah. only, will only appear in the one with the scouts, or whether they'll jump in and help the the bigger ones, or maybe both. I don't know. Well, it, it is a possibility. I mean, I take it that is what they're referring to in the new Thargoid ships: these augmented scouts. I assume so, but they did say ships, not ship. 
Mm, yes. Um, we've seen little hints of it. You can you can tell which one is the augmented one because it glows red in certain places. Um, obviously, the new Guardian goodies. Kurgle, you'll probably be relieved to hear about the Guardian unlock requirements being greatly reduced. Um, yeah, from what I understand, they've really significantly lopped a large portion off the requirements. So I'm... I, I'm I am going to give that another look, but probably I'm not going to rush back into it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it looked out from the last time. <laughs> yeah, it looked from the screen as they showed on the on the stream that it was the the number of module scans or whatever they're called you need has been reduced to one, um, and they look as though they've halved the other materials that you need to do that. And this is all from my memory, so take it with a pinch of salt. But they have greatly cut them down. Um, the other thing they noticed was the um, they put the Guardian frame shift booster back in. Yes, I did notice that. Um, so that will be interesting to see what if happens. It's balanced. Um, and the other ones I noticed... That was the fuel rat drive, wasn't it, Sean? It, it still might be the fuel rat drive. <laughs> it's going to bring them a lot of business, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, um, and the other thing I noticed, it was the Class 3 Guardian weapons, which, yes. again, makes you think about the uh, requirements of Chieftain versus Challenger, again. Yes. Um, the other thing, I'm, I'm wandering back on ships again, but uh, the, hard point, the hard point placement on the crate looked to be quite interesting with the main weapons at the top and the, uh, the class twos on either side of the, the cockpit. Yeah, they're not um, even on the underside, are they? They're literally in the middle of the profile of the ship. It's quite interesting. Yes, and I, kind of which, I was kind of thinking about it now. Um, if the pitch rate isn't as you know nimble as it could be, and I, yep. it's purely from looking at what the uh, what I saw on stream, so you know, pinch of salt, then it's going to make um, fighting with um, gimbaled weapons quite interesting because you're going to be continually pitching up to try and keep or to keep your ship's weapons on the target. So you can't like rely on going above the ship. Yeah. Um, but the hard points were in a triangular shape, um, so convergence should be quite good. Um, wasn't that convinced with the convergence on the ch on the challenger? They didn't really show you firing any weapons with that. Um, so I'm not sure how good fixed weapons will be on the challenger from the information we've seen so far. They did say though for the challenger that again they've gone fairly central, didn't they? If it, if it's like if it's like the chiefs in the air, it will be straight down the 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 fin, the dorsal axis. So, oh, listen to us with dorsal axis and ventral axis and all the whole <laughs> gun placement. God, we're getting into we're getting yes. into ship porn in a serious way now. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, give me spoilers. Give me more spoilers. So, I mean, for such a small, what they said was a small update, it does seem to be shaping up to be quite interesting. Um, one thing I did think that they missed out, did they say anything about reducing the, the crime and punishment threshold? Because I think this, they were mentioning they were, that was something they was going to look at. 
Was that ever that mentioned was, in the stream? Yeah, that was on the LaveCon recap stream, I think, wasn't it? Right. Um, right. A question is, is what do they call increasing the threshold? Because if you're in a big ship and you, get, and you accidentally shoot someone with a full salvo in a big ship, that's an awful lot of DPS to account mm. for. Whereas if you're on a smaller ship like a Cobra, you could probably shoot all day and not actually hit the limit. So <laughs> it, it depends on what they call by raising it and and where the uh, and where the market is. And of course, the other the other aspect is is are they talking about non-targeted friendly fire? You know, the, yes. i.e., the ship strays across your bullet and you've not targeted it, or are they talking mm -hmm. about targeted friendly fire where? You know, you're you're in the groove, and all of a sudden, you target the wrong ship, and then you fire, and then you get a bounty, and then you have to spend the next hours trying to find a faction place to, yeah. to get back to where you were. So, it depends on which level they're talking about raising, I guess. I see. Um, well, I mean, have you have you did you guys discuss the trailer at all? We did a little bit. I mean, we, uh, we emphasized it was cinematic and not representative of space legs coming in 3.4 or anything like that. Oh, oh, yeah, because that was one thing that uh, dealing in Reddit, it, it did my head in because they've said they're not going to be doing anything like that. And as soon as they saw people walking around there, uh, the amount of people saying, that's it, space legs. And you sort of there thinking, no, not again. I was a bit nonplussed, really, with the, with the trailer. I mean, it, it was all about crate porn, wasn't it? It was, yes. But, you know, that's, that's exactly what... You say what that like it's this, a bad thing, Shan. Yeah, that's but exactly I, I, what this, this show has been now, hasn't it, Shan? I'm this just year. surprised they didn't market it as loot crates, you know. <laughs> oh. Oh, has, has that been missed out on the puns? Because that's fantastic. Frontier announced new loot crates. That that would get a whole load of um, game yes. gamers really going. <laughs> but yeah, as I say, I was a bit nonplussed really because I, I I like the way they did like the Commander Chronicles bit, and, yeah. and this really didn't have much continuance to that kind of ongoing story. You know, we 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 had the Scottish lady. Contacting Rampar and going, oh, goody and whatever, mm -hmm. um, uh, um, and we had the the poor Federation crew, and with Captain can't shoot a lot in it. And um, oh, this... Griff, you're such an armchair commander. You really are. <laughs> he was supposed to do an experiment. Ah, he didn't know they were going to regenerate, did you? I'd have guessed it. <laughs> It's like Captain Picard in the, in the Enterprise. You know, they they shoot a few blasts at Romulan, and then they have a and then have a conference call for about half the episode, and then they all decide to go home. You know, nah, rubbish. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, wasn't it General Patton who once said, "No enemy is taken out by too little firepower." Exactly. Yeah, but anyway, I, it wasn't really continuing on with that. The only cargoid we have was like the the Fox News report on the uh, on the mm. screen at the back, but yeah, I think it's all about the crate. I think Galnet News is a bit better than Fox News, for goodness sake. But we'll move on. Before <laughs> did, did you not like you know how when the guy sat down in his cockpit, 
his joystick and his throttle just kind of swooshed out and then ex- and then telescoped out sort of onto the side and things like that. Do you not want oh, yeah. a gaming chair like that? Oh, yes. Well, it kind of reminded me of the Jaguar XF, really. You know, <laughs> the way it just comes out of the... But my, my Hotas doesn't do that, so come on, give me my money. Frontier. I want my joystick to come. Anyway, I won't get that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so... Uh, Overall, I think everybody looking forward to Thursday. Oh yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Thursday. The only thing that I feel kind of sad about is I have a horrible feeling that my go-to bounty hunting fighter type ship is going to churn from a chieftain with a lavecon skin into a crate without one. Oh. <laughs> Um, they, they, did men- they did mention potential um, ship skins, didn't they? They didn't directly confirm it. On the stream, they did mention it. Well, you'd think that they would, because what's one of the things that um, I think really helps the game is as soon as people get the new ships, they want to have their own mm-hmm. ship skins. And, of course, as soon as you get ship skins, you have to buy them from the store, which, of course, helps the game, which is probably why, and I'm being a little cynical here, we're seeing more ships come through. Because it's a new revenue stream. Every single time it ships. I honestly don't see that as a bad thing. And I, oh, no, I, I if it encourages Frontier to spend more development time putting more interesting different ships in the game, I'm totally for that. Also, the timing can't be coincidental because they're talking about it being released on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And Friday is Shipskin Day in the store, isn't it? Ooh. That is true, yes. <laughs> Do you think so? You think there's there's something? You think we'll have a whole load of crate and and um, do you no, know we we're going to have the red, the red, green, and blue skins, <laughs> and the other standard ones that we always get that are kind of shit. But everyone's <laughs> going to go off and buy them because it's the only bloody choice we have. Because that's oh, what's the military pack? Own... Yeah, like we're going to get the military pack and the. And then a uh, couple of weeks' time, we'll go and get the vibrant pack again. Again, yes. I'm not. I'm not going to get involved in those kind of things. So, um, what about yeah. ship kits? Do you think we'll have a spoiler for the crate in a few weeks' time? Of... Definitely. So, <sighs> what what would you put though in your ship in a, in a ship kit for a crate? Would you like have a a Type Ten spoiler on the top of it? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd have something that goes off and turns my aerials into guns. Yes, that would be that would be excellent. Please, Frontier, make that happen. Please have a ship uh, kit that turns the aerials into something that looks like guns. So yeah, we can have want, another want... ten years of arguments <laughs> over it. I want something for my Imperial Clipper. My Imperial Clipper's only got four ship skins and nothing else. And I'm a bit. If, I feel that the... anything else though. It, it does. Thing. I mean, if the Cutters managed to get a ship kit, why not the Clipper? I, I just oh. Never I mean, mind. It has to be white. It has to be that imperial white so you can bask. <laughs> the black one, I like the black and blue. Well, it's very Tron like that. And the Lily. <laughs> I like the black and blue imperial colours. <sighs> well, on, on that smutty note, we'll, we'll move on to the community corner. Um, Quickly, well, not quickly, really. I think we've got a, a plenty of time to discuss this. What is this renter gank? 
This this sounds like some some seventies kids TV show gone wrong. That would run to ghost. If you if you're, really if you're pod, need you someone just... killed, just call Rent a Gang. Rent a Gang. We've <laughs> <laughs> got ships and tools. Ships and tools. by fools here at Rent a Gang. Anyway. Yes. Oh my God! I can't believe we all went with that. <laughs> We're all showing our age so much. I do apologise to anybody under the age of thirty. Um, thirty-five, thirty-six. <laughs> oh, shut up, man! <laughs> so, what's the renter gank? Well, what it was—it was a group of people who were dead. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> Is this is it similar to the Shan Bounty Removal Service? <laughs> well, it's been put up in in uh, let's see, in Reddit, as the R E E E E Patrols Rent a Gang Service. Um, it says service providers are now available for uh, contracting to the public. Rent a Gang TV T uh, TM field operatives are experts in a wide variety of hollow box removal procedures, and our consultants are always willing to work with customers to create a, pay a payment plan that fits best both needs for both planets, uh, both parties rather. Um, so basically, contact for more information. Um, <laughs> I want to know what the ships are called because I, I I would call one Timothy Claypole, one Bobbin, <laughs> and one Mister Mika, and the other and, and the other Mac Witch. They could just advertise by getting themselves on all the bounty boards. They'd become galaxy famous. Yeah. Well, isn't this basically what your AEPWDRB thing is? Yeah, but this doesn't seem to be consensual. Um, the one thing that I've got in, in my website is that you have to sign up to, first of all, you have to sign up to the website and you have to say, yeah, I'm fine with being a target. Otherwise, you don't appear on the target list. This one, I don't know whether or not, um, let's see, see if they've got uh, more information about there. <laughs> they've got a, a contact, um, they've got a, a, a uh, Google document which gives you the the whole um, spiel about it. Um, it's very useful if you are you can your constituents are experiencing hollow box infestation, chronic getting gangitis, power play hollow slash uh, slash merit farmer and interference. <laughs> Merit farmers. <laughs> Sorry, it sounds like melon farmers. Um, BSG operation interference, bounty collection complications, a severe dislike uh, to see other people explode. That and a whole load of um, what looks like Discord IDs for people to contact. Um, it does sound to me as if this is basically a. <laughs> yeah. But people haven't it? signed into it. I mean, it would almost be worth like putting a billion credit bounty on someone, and then having the whole renter gank crew spend like the next four days drifting around outside a space station picking all the cargo up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be quite funny, actually. So um, yes, the, there is a difference. It doesn't seem to be that. Um, 
if the other commander seems to be in open, that's it. You're, you're fair game. So that was one of the things that I wanted to avoid with mine. Um, I don't, as much as I do like this, I hope it doesn't come underneath the, the frontier guidelines for, you know, mob attacks and things like that. <laughs> that that's um, the only problem being, I've got with that. Being a little bit cynical about those, I haven't seen Frontier enforce those. At ever. all. Mm, yeah. Fair enough. So there we are. So you've got Rent-A-Gank for your hollow box removal needs. <laughs> I've still got Rent-A-Ghost in my head. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's see what else we've got. Yeah, um, unfortunately this week the Anti-Xeno League wasn't able to defend both stations, so we now have a new station on fire in the bubble. However, thanks to the IDA and the community goals, um, four, three new stations have now been completely repaired, including Reed's Rest and the Marope system. Uh, and also on top of that, there's been no activity this week from the Eagle Eye network, so Everyone's just catching their breath and seeing what happens next. Now, Doesn't of course, this mean that Fog for Mighty just like it went off and forgot to tell Eagle Eye Network what he's doing? Or do you think the Eagle Eye Network reporters were off at E3 in Los Angeles? <laughs> yeah, I think people might have been on holiday, including maybe the Thargoids. Oh, and did anybody see the, um, the Thargoid recruitment poster that went around Reddit? I thought that was quite funny. No? No? Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Okay, you need to find that and put that in the show notes because I want to see it. Okay. Um, and of course, we may have the 3.1 coming on the 29th. We do also have the ED Battle Cards. coming on the 28th. Yeah, okay. Um, but the ED Battle Cards Kickstarter is coming on the 29th. Yes. So. Oh, can, I, can I give a spoiler for that? Go on. Uh, I, I got contacted by John over the past week mm -hmm. and my. Imperial Cutter, the Perfectly Innocent, is going to be highlighted as one of their cards. Ooh, so I, I, I got all kind of squee when John said, hey Ben, can we go and have this picture for our cards? Excellent. That, that sounds good. I wonder if they'll put the Sanctimonious in. Anyway. <laughs> Do you have nice shiny ship porn of it? That's public. Um, I could probably generate some, but um, right. Does anybody have any final business before I give the shout-outs and the wrap-up? No. I'm going to guess that means no. Yeah, I guess I guess not. Well, we'll quickly we'll, we'll give the, the usual shout-outs. Um, there will be, of course, uh, there's nothing on the schedule for LACON 2019. Um, Alan and Karen have both said they've got another con to organise yet, so they're going to be doing that one first, and probably coming back to LeaveCon probably sometime after November to before start planning the next one. So we've got no dates, we've got no ideas, we just know we've penciled in a new one, I think is the best way to look at it. Um, of course, we've got the CQC discard uh, for all the people who want a bit of CQC action. I do believe Cal has been playing some CQC while well, this has been going on. Uh, there's the EDWTRB website, which will, uh, will help you look for a wing, look for a role-playing group, someone to trade rare groups with, or um, set a consensual bounty on someone else. Um, do we have a lot of in-game commanders flying around the station, guys? 
We have got a fair few. We've got Commander Lace Murray, Miggles is there, Palms around, Shan's here, Ra's here, Crazy Clispin here, Lono, uh, Pilot, Hapek, um, someone just rammed me, I don't know who that was. Have I? I've already read your name, Palms, stop trying to get more attention. Uh, anyone else here? I think that's about it. Have I missed anyone that you can see, Kurgle? Uh, nope, you've got all the ones that I can see. Uh, I'd just like a second shout-out to Crazy Cliff, because I have clipped his ship at least three times <laughs> flying around live stations. I've got some more commanders that I can see on my screen. I've got Good Commander Quo. I've, uh, I've got a Commander Damien McCandles. I've got... Uh, we said... Uh, can, can, you tell us, can you tell us what Commander Quo's status is? <laughs> Well, so he's in the clipper, so he must so be sorry. Apparently, I destroyed them at some point. So sorry, Quo. <laughs> I think I did crash into someone's um, fighter, so I guess that was theirs. Uh, we've also got Commander Whoever. Okay. Um, following this, of course, we do have the wonderful Galnet news, as performed by Commander Commander Witherspoon. Uh, but uh, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, facebook.com slash laveradio, at laveradio on Twitter, and you can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash laveradio. You can join our TeamSpeak server, where commanders come to hang out and chat at teamspeak.lavecom laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight, uh, British summertime at the moment and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Shan, thanks to Ben, thanks to Commander Kurgle, thanks to uh, Commander Psychokow who's who's hiding in the background and thanks to all those commanders that have joined us outside Lave Station and on Twitch. So until next time fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous.
Galnet News Digest, 26th of June, 3304. We read the Royal Wedding News, so you don't have to. In this week's Cut Out and Keep Special Edition. Blue on Red Action as Ashling announces naughty nuptials. Lake on braces for a lack of impact. Thargoid bases suffer risco sabotage. Blue on red action as Ashling announces naughty nuptials. Those imperial young bloods who hold a candle for pouting princess Ashling Duval can stop now. Their candles have just gone out. Ashling Duval, whom some believe to be the rightful heir to the imperial throne, is to marry a filthy fed. Speculation has been rife about the Blue Rinse Princess and the company she'd been keeping. But it seems that the anti-slavery, anti-drug do-gooder will soon be adding Make the Empire Great Again to her list of slogans. Alongside Stop Slavery Stupid and No, it's not a wig, it's real. Having announced her intention to wed the federal ambassador to Semies. The ambassador... Jordan Rochester, said he hoped the Union would lead to a new era of cooperation and understanding between the superpowers. The Imperial Palace has kept significantly quiet on the matter, and there's no word on how either Emperor Orissa or President Hudson view these developments. Will the marriage of the People's Princess to a diplomatic representative of a rival superpower be seen as a threat to the illegitimate incumbent? Will the Union bring peace, as the Ambassador hopes, or will it be the start of a new round of conflict? These questions are on everyone's lips. But for now, the question that must be on Ashling's lips is... Ambassador... Is that Ferrero Roshi in your pocket? Or are you just pleased to see me? Lake on braces for a lack of impact. The marketing department of Lake on Spaceways is said to be on the back foot. Following the rapturous reception given to the first press coverage of the new Falcon de Lacy craft... The Delacy model, a dramatic reimagining of the classic crate, with three crew positions, three large and two medium hardpoints, and a fighter bay, looks likely to rival Delacy's other mid-range ship, the venerable and much-loved Python. In terms of size, functionality and firepower, the Crate Mark II resembles the Mark I in the same way that the Zorgan Peterson Ferdelance resembles the Adder. De Lacy has built a ship that, despite its distinctive look, shouldn't divert the police from their urgent quest to find a bag of jam donuts, making it a vehicle of choice for onion-head smugglers, such as the Guardians of Tranquility. De Lacy has taken the opportunity to strip off the useless long-range antennae of the original crate, making use of the outrigger pylons for two of the hardpoints. A De Lacy spokesperson claimed that the crate will be a great all-round ship with a strong hull, powerful engines which look super cool, and a great loadout. 
the crate will be launched to market on the same day as the new Lacon, and looks set to completely overshadow that new variant of the Chieftain. Executives at Lacon are said to be baffled at the fickle nature of public opinion, and to be bracing themselves for a lacklustre day one sales performance for their new model. Sales will not be helped by a planned strike by orbital traffic controllers on Thursday, which is expected to severely limit Commander's stick time. Commanders are reminded to back up their key bindings, as the striking traffic controllers may attempt sabotage. Thargoid bases suffer risco sabotage. Tharg the Mighty is reported to be furious, following a bodged internet upgrade at his favourite Thargoid grind base. Offered speeds of up to 15 petabytes per second, Tharg reports that he's been downloading Alpha 3.2 of Stellar Citizen for the last three days, and it's still downloading. The last straw came when the installer attempted to fit Risco thin wireless access points throughout the structure. But no matter what he tried, the APs refused to power up. Tharg had completely destroyed the base in a fit of justified rage, leaving only smouldering wreckage, before he came to his senses and realised what he'd done. Stephen Usher was unavailable for comment but he has worked out what was wrong with the power settings. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.